Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Brown Body Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be discussing some of my travel uh, health hacks, as well as how I've been doing in Arizona so far. So, some of you may remember, when I first started the uh, Instagram page, I had a post that was all about my travel hacks. I uh, took a vacation to Florida early on. Uh, and I posted about some of the different things I did while traveling to promote overall good health. And we're going to kind of go back through a lot of those today. And we're going to add some additional stuff to that today as well. So if you're someone who goes on the road a lot, who travels a lot, you're probably going to find this uh, episode to be beneficial If you know someone who travels a lot, make sure you share it with them because I'm going to share a few different tips and tricks and that sort of thing that you might not have heard before. So first off, believe it or not, when you're in an airplane, you're actually exposed to high levels of radiation. The reason for this is you're moving closer to the sun, which the sun emits ultraviolet UV radiation. So whenever you move closer to that, the levels you're exposed to are higher. And I know you're probably thinking, well, you know, I'm in the airplane. I'm not outside of it. But that really doesn't matter in this case. The studies have shown that if you're in an airplane, you're exposed to higher levels of ultraviolet radiation. So with that, it's best to try and take preventative measures to minimize the amount of that radiation your body absorbs. Because obviously, ionizing radiation in high quantities is never a good thing. So we want to play it safe. So first off, one trick I know some people will use, this is entirely up to you, is when they're going through security, they opt for a pat-down instead of the little x-ray scan type thing that the airport security does. That's entirely up to you and your comfort level. Some people are not comfortable with that whatsoever. And that's, again, it's just a personal preference. I'm not saying I've done it. I'm not saying that I haven't done it. Uh, But if you really want to reduce your exposure and you're willing to do that by any means necessary, going with the pat down in security is one option to do so. Leading up to your flight, you want to make sure that you're extremely hydrated. And I don't mean just start the morning of, start a couple days before. Overload on water and overload on vitamins and minerals, specifically antioxidants. So superfoods, vitamin E, B vitamins, all those things that you've probably heard quite a bit about. Overload on those. Reason why? When you get up in that high altitude, you tend to feel the effects of dehydration. If you're not drinking enough when the plane lands, you're probably going to feel the effects of dehydration. Maybe a headache, maybe stomach's a little uneasy, whatever it is. The antioxidants help to combat the free radicals that get formed by your body when it's exposed to higher levels of radiation at altitude. So if you're taking in high doses of antioxidants, you're kind of combating the effects of being 
that high in the air for as long as you are. And that helps to minimize the damage that gets done. That's also very important for the day you're traveling. So just because we're starting a couple days in advance doesn't mean you throw it all out the window the day you start traveling. You also want to make sure you dress comfortably when you travel. You ideally do not want to be traveling in something that's going to restrict your movement, that's going to make you uncomfortable, uneasy. And with that too, I actually packed a hoodie in my carry-on bag. And I rolled up the hoodie and set it behind my lower back for lumbar support. I knew I was going to be sitting down for quite a long time. And there wasn't a whole lot of room to move around or stretch out or anything like that on the airplane. I took three or four trips to the bathroom, not that I had to go, but just to get up and walk around and move around and break up the sitting a little bit. But I kept that hoodie rolled up behind my back as a lumbar support. And that helped me maintain good posture throughout the flight. And I noticed that when I stood up and got off the plane, my low back felt fine. Every now and then, if I sit in a prolonged posture for a long time, so for example, if I'm driving a car and I'm in the car for three hours, four hours driving, I'll notice it in my lower back if I don't have anything there. Now, part of that could be my car seats too. Um, They're kind of older. My car's about 10 years old at this point. Um, But anyways, having that support there can really help reduce low back pain, reduce the stress on that lower back and really help you just kind of enjoy your travel experience more and it kind of takes the annoying kind of aches and pains and hiccups out of the picture for the most part. I also want to add, I know we talked about radiation earlier, I just realized I forgot to mention sunscreen and special clothing. So some people will literally wear, uh, wear sunscreen on the plane. They will put sunscreen on their skin before they get on the plane. And the rationale is that should help to reflect some of the ultraviolet radiation that's being emitted from the sun. In theory, it works great. I'm not 100% sure on the uh, practical application of that. There's not really any studies, not really much literature that I've found that look at the effect of uh, sun sunblock blocking radiation while in an airplane. I think the mechanism is very sound, and I think it could help. But again, this is a personal preference, highly up to you. The other thing I've seen a lot of is radiation suits, and they trend not just in flying, but some people will literally sleep in them. Uh, if you want to wear one of them, again, by all means, it's a personal decision, personal preference. I think that all of these things, when coupled together, can really help minimize your total radiation exposure. But if you're healthy and you're taking in high levels of antioxidants, high water, uh, good hydration, do you need to pull out all the stops and apply sunscreen and wear a radiation suit and get padded down instead of x-rayed and all these different things? Again, personal preference. If you feel like you have to, then do it. If you don't feel like all of that is necessary, maybe do one thing, maybe two, then go with that. Whatever you're comfortable with and whatever you feel is best for you. 
Right now, I'm giving you tools to put in your toolbox for traveling to help you optimize your traveling and optimize your health while traveling. Uh, after you land, I want you to drink water, a lot of water. So hydrate. Uh, I think I mentioned on Monday that I literally drank five glasses of water at dinner uh, that night when I landed. It was just time to hydrate. So load up on the water and reload on antioxidants. When I travel in my uh, checked bag, I keep a few different supplements with me, and they're all uh, very antioxidant-based. So one of them is a ginger turmeric complex. I keep this in capsule form. Uh, I'm sure you've all seen or heard about my infamous uh, apple cider vinegar turmeric powder uh, drinks that I make. And uh, boy, are they awesome tasting and just incredible. Um, But I like to have the turmeric ginger capsules on hand just for convenience uh easier when traveling just pop a few when you land you can get your bag um i also like to keep ashwagandha on hand as well as coenzyme 10 or coq10 so with those three i'm getting anti-inflammatory uh antiviral antimicrobial effects from the ginger turmeric complex that all sounds great i'm getting good immune system support CoQ10, that's our main antioxidant for our heart. Our heart is our most important organ in the body. I mean, it supplies the blood to everything else. The brain can't function without the heart. Pancreas, liver, uh, stomach, you name it. It all needs the heart. So keeping the heart clear of any kind of harmful stuff and promoting good antioxidant activity there is a high priority for me. And the other pill I mentioned was the ashwagandha. So when you're flying and traveling, let's face it, traveling often gets stressful. It shouldn't. It doesn't have to be. It's kind of like, you know, you're going on vacation after all. But traveling often gets stressful. So I like the ashwagandha because ashwagandha can actually help to mediate the stress response keep you a little bit more chill, keep you a little more mellow, relaxed, help stimulate that parasympathetic nerve pathway. So this kind of helps you relax, stay calm, cool, and collected. I notice a lot of benefits from taking ashwagandha personally. However, the ashwagandha I take is coupled with black pepper, which helps to uh, increase its absorption. If you're interested in taking ashwagandha or any of these supplements, you know, always clear it with your doctor first. Make sure you're okay to do so. If you are, give it a try. Send it. And if you start taking them and you notice benefits, you know, keep a journal. Keep a daily journal. Write down how you're feeling after each one and note if there's improvement. Note if things are getting worse. Note if things are unchanged. And decide from there, do I need these? Or do I like this one, but not this one? See what works for you. You have to work with this self-experimentation because we don't have the ability to medically find out or know in advance if something is going to work for someone or not 100% of the time. That's why we call it the practice of medicine. We're still learning some of the intricate details. So try it. If it goes well, keep doing it. If it doesn't go well, 
stop. Again, always make sure you reach out to your doctor first. Other supplement I do keep on hand or tend to keep on hand lately is elderberry. Elderberry is a great way to stimulate your immune system and kind of promote antiviral, antimicrobial type stuff from going on. Um, So basically, this helps to prevent viral infections, bacterial infections, and any kind of pathogen that could be in your body from doing its thing. So very handy to have on hand, especially during a pandemic, very handy to have on hand when in an airplane, all of that sort of thing. So I highly recommend keeping that those on hand and taking one or two of each, depending on the size of your capsules, depending on what your doctor recommends, all of that sort of thing when you land, in addition to pounding the water. I mean, drink half a gallon to a gallon if you can, uh, depending on what time you land. If you land late at night and you're going to bed right afterwards, obviously don't drink a gallon of water and then go to bed for the night. Uh, you're you're going to be up all night and you're not going to sleep that well. Um, the other thing is movement. You've just sat down on a plane for how long? A long time. So get up and move. So go for a walk, stretch, do some dynamic activities. Whatever movement is for you, movement is medicine. So get up and start taking your medicine, so to speak. Um, I'd also like to share uh, some of my other antioxidant-rich foods that... um, kind of go with that nutrition side and some of my favorite movement uh, flows that go along with the movement side. So I already shared my love for turmeric. I also like wild berries, dark leafy greens, and organic cacao. If you can find a smoothie place that actually does smoothies where you land, I don't mean added sugar. I don't mean juices or purees. I want like whole fruit, organic fruit and vegetable, like legit smoothie place. If you can find a place like that, go there. Get a good smoothie. Down that, that should help you a lot. But again, quality really counts when you're going out for a smoothie. Um, That can also count with the cacao too. Um, I've seen smoothie places that put cacao in things. I'm a huge fan of that. I tend to make my own drinks most of the time, and that's where I usually use cacao. Um, But again, when you're traveling, you kind of have to do what works for you. Uh, Additionally, when it comes to movement, my favorite movement flows. So again, I walk a lot. I think walking is great. And I think getting up and going out and moving around is an amazing way to promote medicine because exercise is medicine. There's not a single system in the body that does not benefit from exercise. You see increased blood circulation, increased tissue temperature, your immune system gets fired up, your muscles get fired up, your nerves get fired up. It really awakens everything and gets everything primed to do what it should be doing. So walking is great. If you can jog, if you can run, bike, swim, whatever kind of cardiovascular activity you can do in the morning or whenever you land, do it. Just get up and move. I also like dynamic stretching flows. 
So things like an inchworm, things like a walking lunge, things like a squat walk. So I'll get down in a deep squat and I'll just step forward one foot at a time. Uh, it's also called a duck walk. Um, those types of dynamic movements that require you to fire muscles to move through a range actively, those are absolute money because not only are you getting the benefits of movement, but you're also getting the benefits of mobility. When you've just sat down for as long as you did on a, on a plane, things tend to lock up and get tight. And if you don't treat them right away, it's going to get worse. That's That tends to be how things work, right? It seems like a basic concept, but you would not believe how many people don't understand that. So address the problem right away, head on, at the source. Most of the time I'm stretching calves, hip flexors, and the back musculature when I land. That's what tends to get tight. I'd also like to activate the glutes because I've just sat on them for hours. If you go back and read uh, my blog post on Ben Greenfield Fitness blog, uh, I think this was about a year ago, year or two ago when we posted that. Uh, it was all about the mechanism of low back pain, some different biomechanical mechanisms of injury. And one of the things I talked about was the role of the glutes in low back pain and low back uh, problems, disorders, whatever you'd like to call it. So with that in mind, we found via research that if you sit down for a prolonged period of time, you can actually reduce blood circulation to the glute muscles, especially the glute max, which is your main hip extensor. So if you're sitting down for a long period of time and you're not getting adequate blood flow and blood supply to that area, then what's going to happen? Without blood, things don't really go well. Like we said, the heart is important after all. So less blood supply to muscles, to nerves, guess what? They're not going to function like they should. What tends to happen in people with low back pain, low back disorders, they tend to sit down a lot. And their glutes tend to be underactive. They tend not to fire their glutes and they compensate with other muscles. And that's what causes pain. Other muscles doing a job they're not supposed to. So stretch the hip flexors, stretch the upper trap, stretch the uh, back muscles and stretch the calves, especially. You can also throw hamstring stretching in there and then strengthen the glutes, fire the glutes, glute bridges, hip thrusts, reverse lunges, step ups, uh, anything you can do like that. If you can get to a gym and load up a little weight and blast something out. If not, I like to travel with a resistance band. Throw one or two in your uh, checked bag, keep them on hand. Get to a hotel, Airbnb, wherever you're going, and rip out some clamshells, donkey kicks, bird dog, uh, hip bridge, uh, hip thrust, whatever you want to do. Just something to fire up the glutes. Don't let them get lazy on you, so to speak. Um, and that will help you optimize your movement while traveling. And again, these are all things that I've read about. I may or may not have used all of them at one point or the other. Um, if I haven't used them, then I know someone who personally has. 
So pick and choose from that toolbox what works for you. Most of this stuff is very simple, will not take much time. Loading up on water ahead of time, loading up on antioxidants ahead of time before and after your flight. These are basic things. They don't really take a whole lot of time. Not a huge financial commitment here. Moving before and after your flight, during as much as you can. Making sure you're well nourished and well supplied with uh, supplements, antioxidant supplements that can kind of help you get that little boost. And if you want to take steps to reduce radiation, then you can. Additionally, like I shared on Monday, when you land, try and stick to your normal routine. So if you go to bed at 9, then go to bed at 9. That helped me dramatically or drastically, I guess I should say, here in Arizona so far. So with that, I do want to give an update on Arizona. So I absolutely love it here. Uh, I have to give a huge shout out to my grandfather. Uh, My grandfather is a pretty incredible guy, and him and his wife, Mary, have been really spoiling me when I've been here. Um, I would not be surprised if you see me gain a couple pounds because they've been making some amazing food. Uh, The weather is, I mean, second to none. Every day is sunny and hot and beautiful. Um, Every day has just been really good so far, and knock on wood with that. Um, I've just got a lot to be thankful for. Uh, I'm having a good time in clinic. Uh, I'm working with multiple patients already, so this is my, uh, when we're recording this, this is the end of my second day in clinic, Uh, and by the time this releases, I'll be starting my third day, and at this point, I've run full intervention plans for patients by myself, documented by myself, and uh, now the next step is just adding in the eval component and then picking up a caseload and going from there. Uh, So it's exciting. I'm glad that I can finally kind of put all the pieces together here. And I've really enjoyed kind of bringing in some of the stuff that we've shared on the podcast. I bring in some of the personal training, strength and conditioning stuff to the clinic. I also bring a little bit more physical therapy to the clinic. I bring in some hands-on skills. So for example, I love manual therapy. Uh, Earlier this year, I had Dr. Brett Windsor on the show. He actually was able to teach me a lot of manual therapy techniques. We talked for quite a bit during, talked a lot afterwards. Great guy. I used some of those techniques in clinic already, and I've had amazing success with them. So there's a lot of pieces to this puzzle, but my hope is that you, by listening to this podcast, can kind of understand and appreciate what those pieces are, kind of see how they all fit together. So as a clinician, I use a lot of manual therapy. I like manual therapy a lot. And by manual therapy, I don't just mean uh, high velocity, low amplitude thrust, manipulations, joint mobilization. Those are all good. Um, I also did myofascial release on someone with um, extremely tight thoracolumbar fascia. Uh, We've used iStim, so instrument-assisted soft tissue mobilization, Huge fan of cupping. The PTs at this clinic do dry needling, lots of dry needling. I cannot do that because I'm not certified. There's a course you have to go through and you have to be a PT, a licensed PT for so many years first. 
uh, but I think that will be something I do in the future is needling. Uh, I think that's really beneficial, and so far I've seen a lot of patients that really swear by it, so it looks awesome. Hi, uh, huge fan of that. Um, and I also, after the manual interventions, I like to incorporate mobility, stability, and neuromuscular re-ed in that order. So we tend to start out with tissue extensibility and capsule extensibility. So we find what's tight and we make it loose. So if you want to call that the WD-40, then call it the WD-40. We then will bring in our duct tape, right? Duct tape and WD-40. So we increase the amount it moves, and now we want to hold it there. We want it to stick long term. So now we reinforce it with duct tape. That's our stability, our strengthening exercises. With that, a lot of clinicians default to three sets of 10, 15, 20 reps, 30 reps, and uh, a lot also do, you know, just do as many as you can do. Personally, I like overload. I like sets and reps and pushing patients to progress. Uh, so we did that today. Uh, one of the patients I worked with, we kind of mostly stayed in the two sets of eight, two sets of 10 range. Uh, I kept changing things up on her throwing new things at her, new variables, new exercises she hasn't done, uh, changing where the resistance is located. So maybe instead of having weight on both sides, we dropped it to one. Uh, just changing and tweaking little things there, even adding uh, isometric holds for a patient. So instead of doing reps, we were just doing isometric holds for time. Um, so finding little things to tweak in the clinic uh, to promote more stability. And stability actually kind of ties in with neuro re for some, uh, some part of it. So we can use something like a squat. We could say uh, RNT squat. So if I'm correcting knee valgus collapse, which I'll probably be doing tomorrow, I've done it already, I can use an RNT application. So I can pull the patient into knee valgus, right? We talked about this with Eric not too long ago. I can pull the patient into knee valgus and have them push out into the band in order to promote more optimal firing patterns and motor unit recruitment. But while I'm doing that, if we're doing squats, then we're strengthening the quads, we're strengthening the glutes, we're working a lot of different muscles. So it's kind of a multi-bird, one-stone kind of deal here. Um, so, And that's very specific for certain interventions. Uh, it's definitely more neuro with a side effect to strength thing, but I'm not going to complain about that. So I hope you've got a little bit more of a feel for what I'm up to here in Arizona. I'll be giving updates regularly, whether it be through the podcast or Instagram. And I'm also excited because we'll be starting to interview our guests this weekend. So like I said, we have a ton of different guests lined up for the summer. I'm really excited to see what each one brings to the table. Uh, they've got high, I've got high expectations for them, and I know they're not going to let us down. So make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on any of that.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Brawn Body Podcast. Make sure you check us out on Instagram at Brawn Body, Brawn with a W. Have a good one. See you next week.